0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Small Town Tourist Podcast, where we experience and explore everything that makes small towns great. I'm your host, Abby Graves, and today we are hanging out with someone who is very special to me. We're hanging out with Justin Plouffe. You might know him as the lead singer of Mason Dixon Line. You may have seen Justin Plouffe in the Throwbacks. He is a musical icon in central Minnesota. I was privileged enough to work with him a lot when I was working for Mix 94.9. Chad Taylor, who was on the podcast last week. Go back and check out that episode. He introduced us when Chad was working with Justin on his record deal that he had down in Miami. And we'll get more into that when Justin joins us on the podcast here. But he's always just been such a wonderful human to be around. He's so positive. He brings so much light into this world. And his musical talent is just off the charts. I swear you could throw any song at this guy and he would perform it dang near better than the original artist. I have so much fun seeing him and his band perform, whether it's a local venue around town. We even hired Mason Dixon Line to be the band for our wedding, which we get into in the podcast as well. But it's a privilege to know Justin. It's a privilege that he joined us for this podcast today. So I really hope that you enjoy our time with Justin Plue. So we start everyone. I have people give me their name, where they're from, and what they do.
1: Do you want where I'm originally from or where I live now? Both. Okay. All right. What do I do? Ooh. Let's see here. Well, okay. All right. I got it. I know what I do. Um, so I'm Justin Plouffe. Happy to be here. Thanks, Abby. And I'm from St. Cloud originally, and I live in Woodbury, Minnesota now with my wife and two dogs. And uh, I'm a musician, but I also work for the Minnesota Department of Revenue as a in the Policy Law Division. And it's real exciting, exciting work what I do.
0: It's kind of funny because you kind of have both ends of the spectrum, being a musician yeah. and then working a government job. Uh, yeah, I know
1: a lot of people uh, who've known me my whole life and I always knew, you know, like my musician side, wanting to be a musician when they tell them now that I work for the Department of Revenue, they sometimes think I'm joking. But uh, no, I, it's weird. My wife says I, I, I work with both sides of my brain. so
0: it's, That's very true. You do. Yeah.
1: So it's kind of interesting.
0: So let's dive deeper into not that the revenue isn't exciting, but let's talk more about the musician side of things yeah. because that's where I came to know you yep. through working at the radio station and then you having Chad Taylor as part of your team for a while. Yeah. And I just want to kind of get your backstory of how you started your musical journey.
1: Yeah, so I think music runs pretty deep in my family. My, my dad was a musician for a long time, and then you know my my grandma my on my dad's side you know did sang in choirs and stuff. And then my, my other grandma, my mom's mom actually played guitar and had a little family band with her sisters and stuff like that. And so it just kind of runs deep, but I was always around music in my entire life. And then I probably would say around 12 years old, maybe I started playing in church more and it just kind of spawned from there and started some little, you know, garage bands with friends and had a, had a band with my brothers and we had some success and traveled around doing that. And then of course, I met Chad Taylor, as you mentioned, and uh, ended up having a a record deal out of Miami for a couple of years and and made some music, and it's been kind of an interesting little journey for me, but I'm really thankful for it. You meet a lot of interesting people, and I mean that in a good way, interesting people, but it's an interesting business, I always tell people. A lot of people think, you know, they just see, like, the glamour and the glitz, but there's a lot of hard work that goes behind it, and not everybody gets to be the Taylor Swifts, you know, and and all that kind of stuff, but... um, it's been a pretty, a pretty amazing journey. I wouldn't trade any of it. It's been tough at times, but I wouldn't trade any of it.
0: And you mentioned no one can be the Taylor Swifts, but she wouldn't be where she is without people putting in the hard work behind the scenes. 100%. And what's great about the internet is I feel like I'm getting more and more of that kind of behind the scenes content fed to me. Like just this past week, I found a video on TikTok of one of the riggers coming in at the end of one of her shows mm-hmm. down in tampa bay and he's like well i'm here for the last 20 minutes of the show but i gotta climb up to the top of that tower and we gotta tear it down as yep. soon as she's done so
1: yeah and that's it i mean that's the whole thing and a lot of people don't realize all the stuff that goes into things like that show but but i even think like people get this idea like when i signed a record deal for instance that you suddenly you're like made it you know or like you're wealthy all of a sudden and i always tell people that really like record companies are like banks Like they're just, they're just loaning you money and you have to pay it all back before you really start to see any of the the success and you know a lot of artists don't even get that far they don't even get their record released so that's why i say i consider myself really blessed because not only did we get out of the red on my deal but i actually you know made a little something and my record actually got released so but to your point like in the music industry too there's so many things that go on behind the scenes that people don't realize you know there's the the crew of people that are so important and the sound engineers and it's it's not just about the performer but but yeah to your point it takes it as they say it takes a village
0: I kind of got to be part of that village last year a little bit for you guys. Uh, We hired Mason Dixon Line to be our wedding band. It was awesome. Thank you. I am still getting compliments almost monthly of people saying, oh my gosh, you had the best (laughs) wedding party ever.
1: It was awesome. It was a really fun night.
0: It was a blast. And just all the little parts and pieces that we needed to get together in order for you guys to do that show.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you know a place exactly. that isn't
0: traditionally a music venue.
1: Yeah, so you understand that that there's a lot of things like people don't think about is something as little as like how much power do you need? Mm-hmm. You know, but somebody has to take care of that. Now your wedding was awesome. It was it was, it was a so great much fun. The, the party was awesome. So <laughs> not just because we played it, but it was just fun.
0: It was an absolute blast. Um, let's talk a little bit about Mason Nick's Line because that's kind of the bulk of where I've worked with you. Yeah. How did that whole band get started? Because you guys are and you're not just playing gigs in St. Cloud anymore. You're traveling to different neighboring states and yeah. all around.
1: Yeah, it's really crazy. The whole thing started, well I think it like starts like anything else, like you just decide you want to do something. And we all enjoy country music and always have, but never had really played in country bands before. And so we decided we were going to get together and we just thought it'd be fun to just play a bunch of like classic country songs. And I don't mean classic like old Just songs that have become classics now, right? And so, you know, the Alan Jackson stuff, the Garth Brooks, Tim McGraw, which is also weird for me because now that, like, that's the stuff that I grew up with, Mm -hmm. it's considered classic now. We
0: remember when it was new and now it's like, oh, this is the all-time greatest hit. Yeah.
1: And you're like, (laughs) what? Huh? What? When did I get this old? But yeah, so we just decided, like, it would just be, like, really fun to get together and just see what happens. And it has just taken off. Like, none, none of us, and again, we're so thankful, but none of us really understand how it's taken off like it has. I will say this, so I've played, you know, rock music, I've played pop stuff, country music fans, I'm just going to say I'm going go on the re- I'm going on the record to say this. Country music fans are the best. They are so kind and loyal and supportive and people want to see you succeed, which is just incredible. And so we've just built this amazing fan base and group of people and again people behind the scenes that support us and help us and you know, I mean you've helped with different things mm-hmm. and um, people that, you know, are booking agents and putting on festivals and they you know, I think if I think again and I found in country music especially, if you're a really cool, nice, supportive, professional band, people wanna help you. Mm-hmm. And so and I think that I honestly I think that pertains to most things in life. But yeah, it's it's just crazy. It's just taken off, like I said, more than any of us would have guessed.
0: I like to refer to like being Nice and cool and helpful as the Garth Brooks approach. Yeah, 100%. Because he is one of the nicest humans I have ever met on this planet. Yeah. And I only spent like 10 minutes with him maximum, but Mm -hmm. like he just leaves such a big impression of being wonderful and supportive. And what can I do to make your content better? How can I help you with this interview? That sort of thing. And just that little impression, I'm like, everyone should be like this. This is why he's so successful.
1: 100%. And I, you know, I've heard that about guys like Chris Isaac. People have said that have met him have like if he they said if you could have dinner with Chris Isaac or Garth Brooks they'd be like obviously the most popular people in the world. You know, Just because they leave like you said that lasting impression mm-hmm. of just being these really cool kind considerate people which is amazing. And so that's what we try to do. We try to try to kind of adopt that philosophy and, and make sure that we never come across I mean because here's the thing I mean I'll, I'll, I'll just say it I mean at the end of the day we're just, you know, we're a cover band, really, you know. But, but, and so we, 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 we never forget you know, where we came from and what we're doing. We don't let any of it go to our head because I don't really know how we could, you know. <laughs> um, I didn't write "Chattahoochee" or ain't "Going Down," you know. So I don't really have, you know, and not that I would want to anyway, but I don't have, I don't have that, you know. I don't have any right to be arrogant. So just be a cool, supportive person, and, and you meet some. I mean, I've met some really cool stars now, and, and it's amazing how. Most of them, like I said, have just been super kind. You know, a Tracy Bird made a huge impact when I met him. He was just the kindest guy, and so I, you, you kind of take note of that stuff and you try to carry that along uh, with you and act the same way.
0: Yeah, it's just little lessons that you pick up here and there. And speaking of Tracy Bird and playing for really cool people, do you have a personal favorite show that you've opened for? Because I, mean, I know you've done a million trillion of them. Yeah. I've seen a million trillion yeah. of them myself.
1: Um, Man, that's tough. I, well, I would say, you know, Honestly, Tracy Bird would probably be maybe my favorite of, of doing an opener. Uh, Sawyer Brown guys were super nice, really nice. Tanya Tucker was really sweet. If I had to pick one, I mean, everybody's been pretty cool, but I would say, if, you know what, if I had to pick one, I'd say Tracy Bird.
0: I didn't make it to the Tracy Bird show, unfortunately, or did I? I don't remember. No, I didn't make it to that one. I've been to too many. I can't keep track of them anymore. But one of my favorite ones was actually the Tanya Tucker one that you mentioned. Yeah, I wasn't actually there for the Tanya show. We came to Raleigh's, the venue that was having this. Yep after because you guys did a set beforehand and then one after indoors and we had so much fun indoors because the friend we went with his parents had tickets for tanya so we met up with him afterwards just for some drinks and then you guys were playing we just had so much fun you guys bring the party every single time we
1: try to i mean that's that's the whole thing with what we do you know we just try to play all the all the favorite, you know, danceable hit songs that people want to hear and that they know. That's kind of the whole point of it. Like, we just want to give people a really good time, you know. There's too much crap going on in the world, and it's it's heavy, and, and it's tough as it is. And so we just, we just want to like give people, like, a little reprieve, have some fun, so.
0: Three hours of fun in a world that's going down the crapper. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so the guys in Mason-Dixon line, let's just highlight them since they're not here for a minute— Did you, I know one is your brother, so obviously you knew him, but uh, like Tony and Micah, how'd you come into contact with those two?
1: Yeah. So, you know, as you mentioned, my brother Jason. So, you know, uh, him and I have done a lot of music stuff throughout the years. And then uh, Micah I actually grew up with. We were in the same grade. Um, we weren't really friends growing up; we just didn't really know each other. Um, but we connected after school, and then when I was putting together a band for some of my solo stuff, he had auditioned for that role and was great, obviously. And so he did that, and then it just sort of spiraled— you know, not spiraled, but um, rolled from there to doing other, you know, shows that we'd done. And when we were going to start the country band, it just seemed like an obvious fit to include him. And then Tony, I actually met through Chad Taylor as well.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I had never met Tony prior to that, but he was in a group called Mall Rats at the time. And we needed a drummer for a show we were doing. And I would mentioned to Chad, and he said, well, why you should call this Tony Mazzoni. He's a great drummer and a really good guy. And yeah, we just hit it off right away. And he's, you know, Tony's one of those guys, he's super professional and a good hang and all that kind of stuff. So it just kind of, kind of rolled from there. And um, matter of fact, I'll give a I'll give a shout out to one of my all time favorite St. Cloud restaurants. We, my brother and I, met Tony first uh, at Bravo Burrito Ooh. for lunch. Yeah, for lunch to discuss the whole Mason Dixon line thing and kind of explain what we wanted to do with it, and and he was on board right away. And and like I said, then we talked to to Micah, and he was on board, and it just took off. Like I said, way faster than any of us could have ever imagined. But um, again, just so thankful. And again, I mean, I I always try to try to give credit where it's due and again country fans are just amazing
0: they are that was something they told me when i was going to radio school they're like you can have a dream format for whatever you want to do rock pop hits whatever but if you work in the country industry yeah those people are loyal they love everything that revolves around their music because it's so sacred to them
1: yeah absolutely i will say this too you know and i never i never want to speak ill of anyone but I tend to find country music people and country music fans, they, they get this, um, unfortunately in the in the world we're living in, kind of get a rap of being, you know, uneducated hillbillies. They are the, the realest people I've ever met. They have a lot more common sense than most people. And the great thing I love about a lot of them is they don't really care that people think they're uneducated hillbillies. They don't really care because they know at the end of the day, they got, you know, God and country and, and country music and that's enough for them. And they're, they're my, they're my kind of people. Mm-hmm. So again, I don't mean to speak ill of anybody, you know, they, and I'm not saying there aren't great people that aren't country music fans, but they're, they're pretty, pretty spectacular group of people.
0: Yeah. The outside opinions mean nothing to them. No. And in the best way possible, like, yeah. As a 28-year-old woman in America, (laughs) I'm very concerned with what people think of me. Sure, sure. But I I so respect every diehard country fan because they're just like, I'm just going to do me. And I don't really care. I'm going to say what I think. Yeah. I'm going to share my beliefs, and if yeah. you don't agree, okay, fine, whatever, yeah, move on.
1: Moving on, but, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're secure in themselves. So, again, you know, whatever people think, they don't really care, it, which is why I say they're, they're the realest people, mm-hmm. but that's why I think they're just great, loyal people. So
0: And they have the most fun, too. <laughs>
1: that, there is absolutely that.
0: I mean, you see all the videos and pictures and all that from country music festivals, and everyone just looks like they're having the time of their life because they are.
1: Because they actually are, yeah, I know, I know. You know, I think I think they're, you know, the old adage of work hard, play hard. And that's them. You know, they Mm -hmm. work really hard. And and so when they go out to have fun, they're going to have fun.
0: Speaking of festivals, one of my favorite festivals I got to see you at was Moondance Jam and Country Fest. RIP to a great one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. That was, uh, who's there that year? I was thinking we were at the. Uh, we were with Neil McCoy. Neil
0: McCoy, Jody Messina Jody was Messina. there, Blackhawk, yeah. yeah, yeah, Midland. Right. It was an incredible way for Moondance to go out. Yeah.
1: So you know funny speaking of you know, meeting people and some of the openers we did, we were on the night with uh with Neil McCoy and Jody Messina, and she was as sweet as could be, of course. And uh I literally bumped into Neil McCoy. <laughs> And he said, how are you doing today, young man? And he was very, very kind. And, uh, it, you know, those are the things that you kind of remember, mm-hmm. you know, those little chance meetings. But yeah, yeah, that was a great show. That was it a great was festival. so much fun. You did a great job MC. Oh, of course. Thank you. Thank you. Of yeah.
0: Course. I I missed that place so much. Had yeah. such a special place in my heart. That was just one of the best festivals because the audience did skew just a little bit on the older side. Sure. Which... I appreciate, even though I am 28, I like hanging out with people in their 40s and 50s yeah. because they oh, want to go to bed at a reasonable yeah. hour.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I'll be in like two weeks. I'll be 40, which is weird on a whole different world. But I was going to say it's it's funny. You know, like you said, the older you get, it's kind of like I want to go have some fun, but I I, I don't want to be tired the next yeah, day. Yeah, I'm like, not I staying
0: w- out till 2 a.m. Yeah,
1: it's that's too. It's tough now. I'm not. I'm not into that.
0: No, no one should be. My dad always said growing up, he's like, nothing good happens after 9 p.m.
1: <laughs> yeah. I've heard that one. He, yeah. Yeah. There's something to be said about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you guys have a festival coming up this year that you're looking forward to? I know you got a pretty packed schedule.
1: Yeah. Um. You know, we're doing Grand Country Nights again, which should be a lot of fun.
0: Last year was like the first year of it, kind of. Or is it a newer festival? I feel like last year was the first year I really heard about that. Yeah, I
1: think it's somewhat new um, with Grand Casinos, hence Grand Country Nights. Um, that one's always a lot of fun. Yeah, We have a couple things coming up this summer. Just yeah, if people go to masondixonlineband.com, they can see all the different places we're going to be. But yeah, that's that's a pretty cool one. I'm that we did that last year, and it's uh it's fun to be on those big stages and those big amphitheaters. And you know, you get to feel like a, like a big star for a few hours, and then you know, you go home and cut your grass and take out the garbage <laughs> and do all that kind of stuff and and kind of get brought back down to earth a little bit. But that's yeah, they're a lot of fun.
0: The Summertime by George lineup just got announced. Yeah. This this past week you guys yeah. opened the whole Summertime by George season last year. Yep. And then now you're closing it this year. We're
1: closing it this year, yeah. Which is gonna be really cool. Um there is a I think they're gonna fix it. There's a little misprint. We're actually I think it showed that we were doing the opening set the last night, but we're actually closing. They wanted us to close. So yeah, it's awesome. That's such a cool, cool festival. And it's amazing how the people of St. Cloud and the surrounding areas have really adopted that as their Wednesday night thing, mm-hmm. and I've you know we've because we've done an, a few other ones in different areas of the state. It's absolutely become recognized as like a thing to do, and so I know a lot of other cities and we played some are trying to do the same thing as build a a night you know each week during the summer for their community to come, hang out, see live music. They have you know games down there, they have food down there, and it's just an awesome awesome event if people who are listening have never been even if you don't don't come see us just go go check it out because once you go once you're gonna want to go back and it's Mm -hmm. become a meeting place for people and just you know in the summertime there's always so many things to do but again people in st cloud and the surrounding area have just adopted this as their wednesday night thing that they do
0: it 's incredible to see the crowds that show up for it oh, it 's thousands yeah. of people that yeah. gather at Lake George, and I grew up in Long Prairie about an hour from St Cloud, and I always heard on the radio, Come to summertime by George, come to summertime by George. When I first figured out what lake George was i 'm like that 's <laughs> lake George that 's a puddle, yeah, like that 's not a lake, yeah, and then you realize, but thousands of people gather around this lake every single week to yeah. hear incredible live musicians do their thing and it's so cool
1: well it's cool because you know uh, like anything as it's built and the city's really adopted it as well and the rotary club you know they built this this wonderful stage now for for bands to perform on and again they brought in you know great local people to do food and and different things again if you've never been there what i would say to people is find a night call up a couple of friends get you know get off work change your clothes head down there just head down there you can grab some food beverage you know bring your lawn chairs and and i, I i'm pretty much going to say i promise you once you go once you and your friends are going to start planning your next one
0: mm-hmm.
1: so yeah huge shout out to the to the rotary in st cloud and yeah we're super excited to be back there again it was it was really cool kicking it off last year And it'll be fun to close it this year
0: Are you guys going to do another fireworks display? (laughs) Am I spilling the beans on this?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, that was cool. That was really fun. We we found a great sponsor to, to help sponsor that. And we just thought it'd be fun since we were kicking off the event. We brought in, you know, a big fireworks display. And hopefully we'll do that again. You never know. You never know maybe drones
0: like the whole new thing is like doing drone light shows you yeah. guys can do something like that <laughs> boy
1: I'm so out of it so these drone light shows huh?
0: yeah it's instead of fireworks like the city of LA was doing like drone shows for 4th of July so wow. something to look into okay alright if you want to switch it up a little bit All I don't know right. where we can find someone who drone does drone shows around shows. here but wow
1: okay I'll have to check that out never even heard of that
0: yeah it's pretty impressive
1: alright <laughs> All right, Tony, if you're listening, find us a sponsor for Drone Light Shows.
0: <laughs> so in addition to Mason Dixon Line, you also do solo work and you got other side projects and all okay. that. Uh, let's talk about what you actually have going on this weekend. Unfortunately, once the podcast comes out, this is going to be a couple weeks sure. in the past, but yeah. it's cool because you have two sold out nights at Pioneer Place in downtown St. Cloud.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, we also like to do some tribute shows just because, you know, there's a lot of different music you like. And uh, to, we're, so this weekend we're doing... Uh, tribute to two of the, uh, in my opinion, two of, like the greatest songwriters of all time in the seventies, James Taylor and Jim Croce, and so what we like to do is we have this um, kind of format where we produce and make the video uh, as a little backstory to each of the artists, so people come and watch that, and then we perform their catalog live, and I always kind of tell people it's like if you went to see a documentary but had a live band playing the the soundtrack. It's a really fun show, and the crowd last night was spectacular. I'm expecting the same tonight, and it's just a lot of fun to get to play those, those kind of songs. We have tributes to uh, Creed's Clearwater Revival, uh, The Beach Boys, different things like that. So it's a, fun, it's a fun way to get to play music that you also love that you don't get to normally do.
0: How do you come up with the concept of these?
1: Uh, like,
0: Is it just like you wake up one day, it's like... <sighs> James Taylor, man. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, I think, I think. Um, so, you know, again, growing up, you know, my dad was a musician and exposed us to a lot of different music and my mom did too. And I think what ends up happening sometimes is, you know, you hear like a Creedence Clearwater revival song and you're like, oh man, I really love Creedence, you know? And then you pull out, you know, the, the, the Chronicle album that everybody has, you know, kind of the greatest hits. And you're like, man, you know, it'd be kind of cool to do a show you know, with these guys. And so then you just kind of start brainstorming from there. Like, is there enough material for a full night? And, and what can you do? Um, and it just, I mean, it's really kind of how it happens. The whole, the initial concept came to me, I don't know, probably 12, 14 years ago, 15 years, years—not longer than that, actually. Anyway, a number of years ago. And I was like making yeah. some ma- macaroni and cheese. And I was like, you know it would be really cool? Because I, I love documentaries and I love music. And I just thought like, wouldn't that be cool if you could go see a show there was like the video telling the story and backstory so like i said like you saw a documentary and then there was a live band playing the soundtrack uh, that'd be really cool and i was like well why don't why don't you just do it and so the first show we ever did was called dylan under the covers and it was a uh, it was uh, all the people that covered bob dylan songs Ooh. so we'd tell the backstory of each song about when dylan wrote it and who covered it and then we would perform the cover version and then just kind of spawned other shows from there so it it really ends up being i I guess back to your original question it really ends up just being you remember how much you love a band or an artist and you're like yeah i want want to perform their music live and you go do it
0: and that's awesome because you do have the skill set and you have the right connections to make that happen yeah
1: absolutely yeah built a good network of doing stuff and again a lot of supportive people so
0: that's so cool so when you do shows like this do you have kind of different band members that help you out or do you kind of keep the same core group of people with you
1: you know we used to we used to bring in maybe some different people we've kind of got it now down to a nice little system we kind of have the same core band now Um, and I think that's in part because you just find people that you work really well with people that are interested in doing these shows and then I think also it helps because you start to build this synergy with the band and so then you just perform better
0: get a little bit of a rapport going yep exactly that's awesome what else do you got coming up this year for mason dixon line for your solo projects or is there anything that you have kind of been laser focused on that's coming up in 2023 that people should be aware of
1: i think for you know music stuff you know we're just trying to continue to build the whole mason dixon line thing and kind of building our brand we're coming up with some new merchandise which i'm really looking forward to i was for people that don't know abby's a great resource if you want opinions on you know would you wear this would you buy this how much would you spend Um, So yeah, we're coming out with some new merchandise. Just want to keep, just keep building that brand. I've kind of refocused a little bit. I decided this year I want to get back to writing more music again. I had, I, you know, you kind of go, or at least I do kind of go through these ebbs and flows where you're really prolific, where you're writing a lot. And then, you know, life happens and you get into different seasons of things and, and maybe, you know, writing ends up taking a little bit of a backseat unfortunately because you're focused on, you know, whatever else you're working on. But I want to start writing music again. And I've, I've, Decided that this year, uh, I don't entirely know yet what this is going to be, but for the first time, I'd say I'm 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 going to make a record that's really just for me, and I hope people like it, and I hope people want to listen to it. But I want to just make some music that's that's just for me. And if, like I said, if no one else likes it, that's okay. I hope they do, but that's okay if they don't. Working on that, and uh, so a few, you, th- you know, we as I mentioned, we have some of our tribute stuff coming up, you know, some more Creedence Clearwater Revival stuff. So usually that's on, on the website again, MasonDixonLineBand.com. But yeah, a lot of cool stuff. Summer's always great, right? Because there's all the fun outdoor shows and, and people are ready to be outside after, a, you know, especially this year, a winter that's
0: longest winter ever. <laughs>
1: ever seems to. You know, I think, I think we've had some longer ones. I remember having snow on my birthday a couple of years, which is May 1st. And so, you know, I'm kind of trying to take this in stride, although I'm, I'm so tired of the snow. But, you know, summertime shows are just, like I said, they're just the best because people want to be outside and it's the outdoor stuff. And mm-hmm. people just, like you said, people show up to have a good time. So we have a good time.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to hearing some of this new solo stuff that you kinda got coming down the pipe. Yeah. It's been a minute.
1: It's been a minute, yeah. Yeah. I think I haven't put out anything anything publicly of my own music in what, five years? Something like that.
0: Yeah, it must be because I remember debuting it on Mix ninety four nine and it's been about five years since I was on yeah, air yeah. on there. So Yeah, it's
1: been about five years. So I'm 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 due. So yeah, yeah. But maybe you'll have me back on the podcast and we'll talk about it.
0: You're welcome back anytime. <laughs> I'll even come to you. I'm a mobile unit. Yeah, when I'm not throwing stuff around. (laughs) Cool. Well, uh, as you mentioned, people can find you guys masondixonlineband.com. Any other place online that people can hunt you down?
1: Uh, You can go to justinploof.com as well, and that's where you can find you know some of my solo stuff. There is one thing actually. I guess I I just realized I have released something uh, last year or I should say a year ago in November, so a little over a year ago, uh, that project for Vietnam veterans. Oh my
0: gosh, that's right. How did I forget about
1: that? I Well, I forgot about it too. That's terrible. <laughs> on me. I'll just kind of, I'll try to give you the, the Reader's Digest version. So, you know, growing up, you know, the age that I am and the age my parents are, they're from, the, you know, the Vietnam era and they grew up in the 50s and 60s and family members and friends of theirs served in Vietnam. Uh, my dad obviously had a draft number, and thankfully for him, it was a, a very high draft number. And so by the time it was getting close to his draft number, Nixon started you know pulling troops out of Vietnam. So thankfully, he never had to go. But obviously, other family members and his friends did. And so one of the things that always bothered me uh, is how poorly Vietnam veterans were treated coming home, um, you know for for the the World War II vets, you know, there was parades and all those kind of things. And unfortunately, you know, you even think about the Korean War, those guys were kind of just forgotten about, but at least they weren't treated poorly. You know, and then around the Gulf War, people kind of started to realize, you know, a lot of these soldiers are giving so much of themselves and sometimes they're drafted. They didn't necessarily want to go, you know, but unfortunately, the Vietnam veterans were, were treated really terribly. And so I ended up deciding, you know, I always want to do something to kind of give back to them. So I just kind of thought about, well, what, what can I do? And so I thought, well, you know, I have the ability to do music. And so I ended up deciding to start. I started and funded a project all on my own where I wrote a song about Vietnam veterans based on firsthand accounts of people that I know that were there friends, family members. And I kind of tried to take parts of all their stories and put them into this first person account of being there. And it starts where, you know, this person is born and kind of coming up in this patriotic time right after world war two. And, you know, they're usually, most of these guys, their grandfathers fought in world war one, dad fought in world war two. And so there was a sense of patriotism that they should go and fight for their country too. And to only go to fight a war that, you know, then we now know they couldn't win anyway, but they gave so much of themselves and then came home and were treated so poorly. A lot of them never talked about it or wouldn't talk about it because of the way that they were treated. And so I decided, you know, the song starts again where they're born. They go to Vietnam, they come home. There's remorse and feeling guilt that they came home, basically not wanting to share their story. And then I I always want to try to, you know, end things on a positive note. And so the end of the song is where, uh, a veteran goes to the Vietnam Memorial when it opens and he meets a person there that had treated him poorly and they and they kind of find redemption and, and, and make amends at that point. And so what I decided then what I was going to do is I didn't know this until I started this project, but like the Vietnam Memorial in D.C., for instance, they don't actually get any funding. It's all based on donation.
0: Seriously? There's no funding for that?
1: No. And so they, they're solely reliant on people donating. And they do a lot of really cool things where if you're a veteran or really anybody... And maybe you can't, you just can't get out to DC, but you know, somebody that's name is on the wall and you want, you know, that piece of paper where they can inscribe the name, they'll just go and do it and send it to you free of charge. And so they try to do a lot of things like that in educational classes for young people. And so I decided that all the money that was donated would then, I would donate to the Vietnam War Memorial. And so just by the amazing, amazing people they've, that have donated, I've been able to send almost $10,000.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I just got goosebumps. Yeah.
1: So people have been so generous and so kind. But yeah. If you, so anyway, if you go to justinploof.com, there's a specific link or, or page, I should say, right on my website that gives the whole backstory. Um, and it's called The Weight They Carried. And you can read the backstory and you can download it and you can donate whatever you want. And I always tell people, if you don't have a dollar to donate or 50 cents to donate, but you have somebody that you want to hear the song, just, don't, just download it. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm not taking anything from this. It's just, it's just out there. And um, I'm really looking forward to it through this song. I've met some really incredible Vietnam veterans out of Minnesota. I was on a, a gentleman named uh, Ronnie who has a, a YouTube show. He's out of New York and he's a Vietnam veteran and I met people like him and he's an amazing guy and I've met other veterans I'm playing at the um, Vietnam Memorial at the Capitol on Memorial Day again this year I did it last year as well and it's open to the public so yeah I would just you know if anybody's interested they can go to justinploof.com click on the page for the weight they carried and they can see the whole thing and download it for whatever they want
0: and thank you for taking the initiative to put that song together and do all the work cuz Collecting and donating $10,000 is one thing, but then also having a song and promoting it and all that. That's Mm. a lot of work for one person to do or a couple people if you have some friends helping you out with it. But thank you for doing that because it is something that gets forgotten. And I actually have a friend who tells me every time it's kind of turned into kind of a generational, almost trauma thing. His dad was a Vietnam veteran, my Mm -hmm. grandpa was Korea. Mm -hmm. And when my friend's dad came home from Vietnam, my grandpa went down to the cities, picked him up, brought him back home to Long Prairie and that is something my friend still thanks me for Mm. to this day. He's like, Everyone hated my dad because he went to Vietnam, but your grandpa was one of the only people oh, who wow. was kind enough to realize this man's fighting for his country. And he gave yeah. him a ride home and helped him out and bought him a beer. And I'm like, I wow. had nothing to do with this. Yeah. You had nothing to do with this, but we've turned <laughs> this into our thing now. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. That is amazing. And I think, you know, unfortunately, that's, that's the thing is, is these guys that came home. And, and, you know, women were there too. We can't forget about that, that, that had to see the horrific stuff that they saw as nurses, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but they all came home and and they were they came back to a country that didn't necessarily want them mm-hmm. and there were but there were those people like your grandfather that recognized that and and made the point and that's it's kind of an amazing thing about humanity that even when there is bad stuff, there are people that still step up. and I still believe that that's a thing and uh, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that.
0: Well, thanks for sharing your story with me today. <laughs> <laughs> seriously thanks for coming over and doing this i know you got a busy weekend with your oh, my doubleheader sold out show
1: but... my pleasure anytime anytime to hang out with abby i'm i'm in
0: Aw. careful what you wish for <laughs> <laughs> thanks justin thank you Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Small Town Tourist Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Graves. Our theme song is Queen of Our Hometown by Rachel McIntyre-Smith. You can stream it wherever you listen to music. And be sure you check out Rachel on social media at Rachel McIntyre-Smith. And find her online on our website, rachelmcintyresmith.com. Be sure you follow the Small Town Tourist pages as well. You can find us at the Small Town Tourist on Instagram and on Facebook. And don't forget to check out the blog as well, thesmalltowntourist.com.